Hey, you're checking out this year's top 10 most downloaded episodes. And we're in the final stretch with our number three most downloaded episode. We had Dave Legue on the podcast, and he was talking all about sales. We actually talked back and forth on some of the things that drive us crazy in sales. And if you do sales in any way whatsoever, I think you're going to find this episode incredibly relatable. Hey, check out the episode. And don't forget, we have a couple more episodes coming, our number two most downloaded, and then our top downloaded episode on the year coming out later this week. Enjoy and enjoy this episode. See ya. Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today's episode is with Dave Legue, who's the Director of Sales and Marketing at Advisors Excel. You know, on the podcast, I got to give you a real honest perspective on sales and marketing, which if you look at social media, if you look at a lot of different platforms, you'll see that there is a heck of a lot of bad advice when it comes to building up your sales pipeline, when it comes to meeting and talking with customers. I loved getting Dave on the podcast because he gave a real honest honest, authentic perspective on sales. He's talking out of experience, and it was so good to hear his story. You're going to love this episode. Stay tuned. Here comes your good advice. Hey, thanks for checking out another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. We're going to be talking some sales today. In fact, we're going to talk about some sales fails. I'm sitting down with my friend, my, I, I, I almost said like my brother, because I was like, you know, we've known each other a long time, so you're kind of like a brother, but yeah. not, you're not legally a brother. You're actually like, I guess, a cousin-in-law or something like that. Something like but, that, um, yeah. Someone <laughs> I've known for, oh my gosh, man, uh, I think over 10 years. It's been a long time that I've known you. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm sitting down with Dave Legue. He is the Director of Sales and Marketing at Advisors Excel. If you're not familiar with Advisors Excel, you're going to love this tagline. Uh, not all unicorns live in Silicon Valley. <laughs> Uh, I guess it's not really the tagline. It's just something said about you guys. But Advisors mm-hmm. Excel, it's a $6 billion marketing company that works with financial advisors all across the globe. They're an amazing company. We're going to be talking more about them in detail uh, later on in the episode. But Dave, man, I am so excited to have you here today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Blake. Thanks for having me. This is I'm, I'm excited, man. It's going to be fun to have a conversation here today. Well, it's, it's great because like you and I, we were chatting... Um, you know, obviously you've been in sales, you understand sales. You know, we jumped on the phone, I guess it was maybe a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And um, we just started swapping these stories on like these horror stories on sales. <laughs> and it's just so wild to me how people don't understand sales and like some of the things that they do. But so we were, we were sharing some stories and I was like, oh my gosh, like some of these insights are so powerful. I got to get you on the podcast because sales feels like, especially for the new business owner, especially for the young business owner. And when I say young, I don't mean like age young, but like new in their business, new in their industry. It feels like sales, cash flow, getting more customers. This is a major pain point. And I think, I think 
a lot of people are out there thinking like, man, how do I get more customers? How do I get more sales? So yeah. I'm, I'm excited to sit down with you and pick your brain and kind of get your style. Um, before any of that though, uh, what's going on in your world? You know, um, I've got, I've got three kids. Uh, I have a, uh, a son uh, that was just born about you know three months ago now. I got two girls, so three kids under the age of six, and so we're pretty busy over at our house, and uh, it's it's a great time. My my wife, uh, you know, was a teacher. Now she's at home with the kids, so we have a, we have a great time. It's real busy. Every time I get home, the kids are sitting on the steps. They run out to my car, and I have to like honk the horn and be like, "Hey, watch out!" Em. <laughs> but they're, uh, they're probably like you know oh, this is so fun dad's honking the horn and you're like get out of the way <laughs> I, don't, I want you to survive yeah exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> well you know this is you'll so, really appreciate this because you know my wife joy and i you know we've had our kid uh was yeah. born in march so people are like you know during the summer they're like well how's life how are things going and i'm like well you know take all the stress you have with the pandemic and then add a baby to it oh uh but gosh. but i can't i don't know if i can even say that now because not only do you have the newborn you have the two other kids as well uh, man, your hands are full, I guess. Oh, happened to, you know, there was a, I'm back in the office now, but uh, there was, you know, like most people had to switch to work from home and I was in the office every day. Um, even though all my sales and, you know, all the coaching I do is all virtual, um, switching from the office to being at home with the kids running around was really hard. You know, I'd be on a call like this and yeah, then yeah. the door, my door would be behind me, would open up and my three-year-old's head would lean in and I'd just yeah, be yeah. like, <laughs> We've seen that viral video of the yeah, yeah. guy on CNN. It, it was like literally that. I'm sure everyone's had to deal with that too. But well, I had a call on a Sunday, and mm -hmm. you know, Joy was out of town. She was at a wedding, so I had a call on Sunday, and um, I'm talking. I'm doing coaching. I'm like working with these people, and my baby's like losing it, like losing her <laughs> mind. And so I had to just pick her up and just hold her. And I'm sure some people were like, you know, you're just trying to get dad points, but yeah. like, I mean, I, I didn't know what to do. I was like, I could not do what I was doing because I needed, I needed to attend to her. And so I'm like, I'm holding her. And of course, as I'm talking, like I'm presenting, talking, she's grabbing on like the earphones and like, you know, banging on them and stuff. And you know, it's just, it's just dead life. You know, it's, it's a great life, but it's, it's, it is something to, I guess, manage a little bit when you're working. Yeah. You have to embrace the chaos. It's, it's like they are just hardwired to bring chaos, yeah, which yeah. I guess is part of the world anyway, but it's like, man, why, why are you doing this? Yeah. And they do it with a smile. So yeah. 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 Well, so man, I'm, I'm just, I, I know I said it already. I'm real excited to um, yeah. talk sales today. Before we jump into sales, talk to me a little bit about what's your role. What do you do with advisors Excel and maybe just a generic uh, over the top view of, of exactly what is advisors Excel? Yeah. So, uh, I guess to start with what Advisors Excel does, we work with a very small relative group of uh, financial advisors. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they'll do financial business through us, get access to financial products. But really what we do is we help them build their businesses. Kind of the, the, what I tell folks who are looking at us is our mission is to make, because uh, these financial advisors are a lot, they're, they're independent business owners. A lot of them are entrepreneurs. A lot of them only been in the business for a few years. You know, maybe they started it like a company that was, they were, they were a staff advisor there, but now they decided to open up their own, own totally independent firm. And so we help them become, go from being a, a salesperson who's trying to figure out how to start a business to being a real CEO that has a business that brings freedom in their lives. And so um, we help them with all kinds of, you know, whether it's their sales, marketing, or operations, we help them build out a business that brings them freedom. So I've loved, you know, listening to your podcast and just, you know, I get your newsletter too, Blake. And it's just cool to see because whether your business is financial advising or, you know, anything, a lot of the, 
a lot of the best practices translate across industries. And uh, but what I do is I I actually recruit for Advisors Excel. So I'm out there trying to find advisors who I think that we could, you know, help take their business to the next level. Take them from being a stressed out salesperson who's you know got got a lot of, lot of they're trying to juggle a hundred balls you know in the air to where they're a CEO of a business that actually brings brings them blessings mm-hmm. to their life, you know, helps mm-hmm. them be able to spend more time with their family and, uh, you know, just do what they wanted to do when they went into being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of ways that happens, but I'm kind of on the recruiting end. So I bring them in, show them the way that uh, the coaches we have here and the resources do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It makes it easy to sell when you've got something that you really are passionate about. So that's well, one thing that, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about that. I mean, I, I, it's, you know, and even just, and people aren't seeing the video, but you know, you're obviously, you're lit up talking about what you do for a living. So obviously you really love coming to work every day, um, which not everyone feels that way. Right. But, but also I think from a sales perspective, I think you've hit a really great nugget. Uh, you just said it, you have to believe in what you're selling. Right. And, and it, it almost, and, and again, I don't want to want to get into like the cliche, um, you know, the person who's like in some massive corporation who they're in a sales role, they don't even care what they're selling. They're just trying to get the sales in. Mm-hmm. But I think even, even like in the entrepreneurial space or the small business space, obviously everyone believes in their product, but I think what's a little bit implied by what you're saying is you have to have, you have to be excited around what you're bringing to the customer mm-hmm. rather than just what it's doing to your bottom line, what it's doing to your cash flow. You know, you have to like really, man, I love what I sell because what it does for the people I'm helping and not just, I love selling because it makes me, you know, filthy rich or, cause I think, I think, I think people get crossed in that way sometimes and not, and maybe it's not that overt where someone's like super greedy or self-serving, but I, I, I wonder if we're always like really honed in on, I'm, I'm providing something that's, that's genuinely helping the people I'm trying to serve. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, what's the greatest hindrance to any sale? Like whether you're, you know, whatever you're doing, if you're trying to sell, selling is influence, selling is, you know, you're trying to transfer enthusiasm. You're trying to take somebody who's not interested and make them interested. That's sales, right? Um, in any industry, the biggest thing that I think is hardest for me in sales and for the advisors I coach when they're, cause they're, they're trying to sell to people who they can help with their retirement or help with their financial situation. I mean, rejection is the greatest fear. Rejection is the reason why we don't want to pick up the phone, why we don't want to put ourselves out there, why we don't want to try marketing, you know, and and have it flop. We don't want to get rejected. And I think that goes back to, uh, forgive me if I get kind of technical here, but like, if you think of like human beings 40,000 years ago, like at the beginning, I was just reading this in a book uh, this morning, a book called Objections by Jeb Blount great book about sales. But uh, he's talk, he was talking this morning in this part of this book about 40,000 years ago, you know, humans lived in a much more wild world than we live in now, right? You know, you were always out trying to find the next thing to eat. And while you were hunting, you were probably being hunted at the same time, you know? And what mattered the most was being in a community of people that could give you food and keep you safe. And so in that context, if you were rejected, you were quickly removed from the gene pool, right? Mm, mm. And so, and that, you know, that, that there's ten, like, like thousands and thousands of years that was, that's been happening for humans, you know, and even to this day that's happening. But I think that genetically um, our brains are designed to despise rejection. 
you know, when we're on the phone with somebody and they bring up an objection to, you know, what we're trying to propose or when we're, when we're trying to put out whatever value we're putting out there and there's rejection coming or an objection coming, you know, our brains respond the same way as if we're in like terminal danger, you know? And so I think that to kind of go roundabout to what you were saying, Blake, if you have something that you know is actually helpful to someone, can actually improve their life, I think that's going to help you have more longevity in your sales and have more passion about it because you have to have some kind of mechanism to get past all the disruptive, disruptive emotions that come from that fear of rejection. You know, there's so much, we're just, we're so afraid of, of being pushed away from the community, you know, mm -hmm. but if we know, look, I'm going to take this risk of being rejected because I know this could actually help somebody for me and for the top people that I work with, you know, they, they're not just out there, like you said, schmoozing, trying to, trying to, trying to make some deal happen, you know, just so they can make more money. The best salespeople are doing it really to add value and it's a win on both sides. Mm -hmm. So, well, you know, and it's interesting to think, you know, I'm just processing this as I'm listening to you. Yeah. I love how you've presented this. It's this, this passion, this, um, it's more than just passion. I mean, this deep belief in what you're selling and knowing the outcomes that it's going to bring to someone. I, I think that's a really, it's, I love your example here. It's, it's, it's sort of like this mechanism that counteracts all the pain and frustration and struggle that comes with sales. And it makes me think of, you know, and, and honestly, if people can't move past that rejection, it actually makes me wonder how much they really do believe in their product. Yeah. Because uh, I've, had, I've had salespeople in the past, past that I've worked with who, you know, I've said, hey, did you follow up on this person? And they're like, well, I, I emailed them. And like, we'll, we'll call them, call them and follow up. And like, ah, well, I just, I think I just want to email them. And I'm kind of like, and I get why they're saying that is because it's softer on them. You know, they, they don't have to directly embrace the potential for rejection. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it, it, what it communicates to me is you must not really believe in what we're selling deeply enough to be willing to put yourself out there. That's, that's, that's what it communicates to me. Because like, like you said, it's not even just about avoiding rejection or overcoming a rejection. You know, rejection is guaranteed, I think, in any sales role, in any business yeah. role. And unfortunately, yeah. today's world, you know, it's people are so um, direct and candid on social media that, I mean, they will not just reject you. They will reject you <laughs> brutally and honestly. I remember I had a guy who, yeah. so my business is called Good Advice. He was like, you give bad advice. Like, oh, you, just need to, you just need to disappear. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so you disagree with, <laughs> you don't want to buy, got it. But yeah. like, you know, these things are, they're guaranteed, right? So you have to have that deep belief to sort of counteract that and overcome that, I guess. Yeah, I think that it's, you know, you'll hear a lot of, uh, what I would call them gurus out there, people trying to, you know, and it's kind of just a, just a tough it out. And be like, well, just don't be, don't be so weak. It's kind of, no one says that explicitly, but it's kind of this idea of, look, if you really want to be good at sales, you just have to be, you just have to think, find rejection as fun. And, and, you know, you have to not take it personally, but I would say it's impossible to not take it personally. When someone says you give bad advice, like that's going to hit you, hit you home. What, what we need, I think what the best salespeople have is a mechanism where they can take that accept that the, the feelings it produces naturally like biolo biologically in your in your brain and then have a mechanism for turning that into uh, you know being able to let your 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 rational brain take over so you have to accept it you need a second to pause and then you have to let your rational brain take over and and remind yourselves maybe of some you know 
liberating truths, you know? So I think it takes preparation on the front end of, of knowing you have a good product to sell, knowing that you're a qualified person who's worthy of, 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 of presenting this value proposition to whoever it is you're selling to knowing that you're worthy of doing that, I think is going to make it to where, and also being honest about the way that it sucks when I'm rejected, but I can still do this. I think having that growth mindset about it um, and also believing in what you're selling is going to, is, is what separates people from so, those who succeed and don't. So, yeah. so, so how does someone, maybe for someone who's listening right now, who they, they're energized around this idea, they're thinking, yes, I want to, because we're, we're almost sort of talking about sort of like this, um, this ability to persevere and like be tenacious, even when you're getting really brutal um, <laughs> rejection. Yeah. How, how does someone train that into themselves? How do they become that person who, um, they develop that mechanism where, yes, I'm going to take that criticism. Yes. I'm going to sit in it for a second, but I'm going to move past it. I'm going to get off my rear. I'm gonna get back in the game. I mean, is it, is it, is it the people you surround yourself with? Is it, is it, you know, a book that you read? I mean, what, how does someone build that fortitude in sales? Yeah, Blake, I, I would say for me, I think it's, it's, I think you have to, on the back end, engineer that motivation um you know it's like it's like gas in a fuel tank you know i think it's it's all the above um i think sitting down and uh and taking a piece of paper and writing a line down the middle and on the left hand column just listing out all the limiting beliefs that you have like i'm not good at this i can't you know if if i if i if i interrupt these people's day they're going to hate me and i'll never be able to do business with them i'm even if i get in the conversation they ask a question i can't answer you know it's going to be worthless you know all these limiting beliefs and then on the other column of the paper write down the liberating truth that would you know either discount that or reframe it um i was reading a great book called uh, your best year ever by a guy named michael hyatt um he uh got a lot of great content out there. He's got a you know podcast and blogs and everything, but, but this was an activity in a book I was reading of his this weekend. And uh, I thought, Oh, you know, I've got a pretty good mindset. I've had a lot of success in sales, you know, whatever, but I'll do this activity because I like to do the homework when I'm reading a book and there's a little homework piece. I just feel like I want to get the most out of my time in this book. Right. So I did it. And I, I was surprised Blake at how many limiting beliefs I had. And so I wrote down all these liberating truths, you know, and within the last, this is this weekend, and today is a Wednesday. Within the last three days, I mean, I've had to use those liberating I pulled up that list probably 10 to 15 times, you know, as I've been on sales calls and I've been talking yeah. to folks. It's crazy. So I think having a, a good tool in your hand to do it, but I think that you, you hit it on the head a second ago. Who you surround yourself with decides where you'll go, like all the time. The advisors I see who surround themselves with, um, you know, I'll, I'll see a financial advisor who, you know, is is frustrated their business they feel really alone they don't know what they're doing you know i mean they know they know how to do what they do but they've been doing this forever and they're just they're just grinding their wheels you know they're, they're grinding their gears nothing's happening you know they're just spinning and spinning their wheels is what i meant to say or grinding their gears but i, I got a guy i i can think of right now he um that i that i work with closely he's an awesome guy his name's david as well but he you know he was he had been in the business for a long time. And then about a year and a half ago is early 2019. He just started surrounding himself with financial advisors who were, you know, twice as far along as where he was, whose revenue was 10 times where he was at. And he would, I mean, throughout the year of 2019, I think he probably went to five or six mastermind groups with a bunch of different advisors and just was a sponge. And he like four times his revenue from the year before 
just by simply surrounding himself with people who were where he wanted to go. And so uh, I think that reading books is great. And I think that, you know, having like tools like that list is a great way to deal with it. But if, if you're surrounding yourself with people who are just reinforcing your limiting beliefs, I don't see how you grow. I don't see yeah. how you could grow in that situation. So. Right, right. Something else I want to ask you about. Um, yeah. You're talking about getting difficult feedback. You know, obviously it's, it's interesting. And this, the reason I'm thinking of this is, you know, you have the people in your life who you surround yourself who are encouraging and they're like, you can do it. You're awesome. Yeah. And then you have people in your life who um, they give you sort of those hard truths and they say, you know, you say, for example, man, yeah, this customer, um, you know, said that my product was junk. And then you have like that friend who's like, you know, man, I've actually bought your product and it's, yeah, it's, it kind of is junk. You know, like to get, to have those people in your life who can be really honest with you and not yeah. just, cause a lot of times we think about people, when we talk about people in your corner, people in your life, we think about like encouragers, like, you know, my mom is like all about what I'm doing and like, you know, everyone loves their mom. Your mom loves you. It's awesome. <laughs> you, you don't only need your mom. You need these people who can, who, you know, who, who give you that honest feedback and not even just people you surround yourself with. I think, I think also dealing with hard rejection from a customer. And it's another reason why we have to seek this out is because more often than not growing a business is an iterative process of like refining your product and I think about, um, I had a guy I was selling to and I was selling a coaching agreement to him and uh, he was trying to move up to a, a C-suite role in his company. And we were trying to work out this coaching agreement and we got to the point of the sale where I was trying to, I was pitching him and he said, you know, um, I'm going to have to think about it. And what I said in return was I said, cause I'm very direct myself. I said, well, typically when someone says they have to think about it, that typically means no. Um, and usually the reason they're thinking, no, it's either price or it's because they don't think it's really that valuable. Um, so can I ask you which one it is? And cause I really wanted to know. And he goes, well, I can tell you it's not price. <laughs> and so I was like, I was like, ouch. And I, I mean, I asked him, right. But mm. I remember feeling it was like a, it was like a punch to the gut. And so, mm. but getting that feedback, it's less about like, forget the haters and like, I'm awesome. And it's more about, man, if I really want to grow my business, okay, that, that was a point of feedback. And now I need to dig into that and think about, okay, what is it? Is it a marketing problem? Is it a phrasing problem? Is it like mm. content? Like, what is it about my business that's not actually communicating the value I want it to? And if I want to grow my business, that's something I need to fix. And so mm. in some ways, I feel like we have to seek out this rejection because it's how, I mean, to be cliche, it's, it's how we get better, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, I think it's the difference between a, a cheerleader and a coach. I mean, a cheerleader is going to say, all right, go, you know, put the ball in the hoop. Just keep, you know, go down the field and put the ball in the hoop. But, uh, and you got it. Just keep, keep doing the good stuff you do, you know? And, and that's what it, that's like a cheerleader. That's like someone cheering in the crowd versus a coach is going to like come alongside you. And it's going to be a part of the process. It's not just, just go do it. It's going to say, well, let's look at this plan and this strategy and this thing, and they'll try it. And then they'll go to practice after the game and be like, well, no, okay, that didn't work. Let's pivot to this and that and this and that. And uh, I think that one thing that's true is, is, you know, you want to find people in your life who can be honest with you like that. And, uh, but also people that aren't going to just shut you down and have a, you know, 
yeah. basically give you limiting beliefs, you know, like you right. want to have it, it, it's, you got to find your right people. You got to pick your mentors in a, I think a good way. Uh, one thing that I've done here and I got this from, man, when I started here, I was listening to the Zig Ziglar book. Zig Ziglar's like old school sales guy, but, and he would go into people's house selling pots and pans and stuff. But one thing that Zig Ziglar would do, and he said, this is one of the things that, that generated, you know, my growth dramatically was he would bring a tape recorder and whether, you know, regardless of the legality of this, of people being recorded against their knowledge, he would go in there and he'd record the sales conversation with people and then he'd immediately replay it. Yeah. And I was listening to a podcast with uh, Kobe Bryant, um, you know, the, the late Kobe Bryant. Uh, I was listening to this podcast probably a couple months ago. It was, it was a couple years old, but Kobe watched like, he watched the tape of almost every game he played, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm sure he did not watch the tape alone. All, most of the time, you know? And so one thing I've done here in my role is I, like, you, you know, we're recording a Zoom call for this podcast. If I'm on a Zoom call with a prospective advisor to work with us, I'll record it. And if it goes poorly, I reach out to the, the other, you know, um, marketing marketing uh, coaches here at Advisors Excel, and I'll be like, all right, we'll get, and we'll get in the conference room together, and I'll play the recording. And it stings, man. It is not fun, <laughs> but I have not seen a faster way for me to learn to improve um, just all the different things that happen in a, in a sales conversation besides to well, be vulnerable like that. Here, here's an interesting twist to this conversation is, you know, you're the director of sales and marketing and it's, it's just interesting the vulnerability you're talking about. The, the example you're setting as a leader in your business of, because um, here's, here's how this goes a lot of times is, someone in a director role, VP role, SVP role, what have you, mm-hmm. they, they put out some kind of generic statement of, hey, we need to be getting better. We need to be doing better. And it's very top down. And it's things like, I'm going to be reviewing all of your recordings and all of your tapes. And so as like a random salesperson, it's like, well, crud, you know, now I'm under the magnifying glass from my, my manager, my boss, what have you. I like how you've kind of flipped it on its head in the sense of, hey, I'm putting myself out there. I, I imagine that does a lot for the culture inside of Advisors Excel as well, and it, just in terms of even like collaborative nature of things. Well, you know, and, I, and I'm, everything I have, I think was given by someone else, you know? I mean, I, there's not really, I don't think there's any, a lot of new ideas under the sun. Uh, so, you know, I think that... Um, do, perhaps, yeah, that, that could help with the culture, but honestly... Um, I know I have so much to gain from anybody else, you know, who's, who's in there as even from myself, like, even if I just played back the call and I was the only one listening, there would be probably 10 things I can get out of it and be like, oh, I can do that better next time. And you're going to, you're going to, you know, speed your growth by just listening to yourself over and over again, you know? So if, if someone has a sales call and they're going to be on a speakerphone, you know, maybe like, you know, pop up a recording app on your, on an, on an iPad or something and record it just so you can do your own little call review afterwards. I think that, you know, for anybody listening, it, reviewing those conversations is I, I can't think of a faster way to scale your growth or a more uncomfortable way. But the thing is you're going to reduce the amount of uh, pain you're going to have going forward because you're, you're dealing with it right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that if anyone's in sales, whether they're a, a director or a, you know, entry level person, I think the salespeople who succeed the most are people who see themselves as their own CEO. You know, they have that ownership mindset. And so, uh, you know, I, I try to carry that into my role and there are others that do it as well, but those call reviews is really not me trying to, in a roundabout way, tell people to do call, you know, do do their own call reviews or have their own vulnerability. I think it's just, uh, hopefully it it just 
helps everyone see, you know, if you're going to succeed, you've got to own it yourself. You know, mm. you can't blame other people for your sales success or you can't blame the economy or whatever, you know, um, it's, the world is what you make of it. That's one of the great things about sales, I think. But um, it's also one of the most uh, stressful things is because it's hard. It's difficult. Yeah. And I think it's hard too when, um, I mean, you and I both know this, when it, it takes time to build trust with someone, it takes time to move someone along that sales process to them being ready to buy. And um, I, I don't know if the average salesperson today, I, I don't want to say is not cut out for sales. Um, I don't know if they have the patience for sales. And I'd say the same thing about business ownership or entrepreneurship or what have you. I, I don't know if the average person has the patience to really grow a business. Because you and I both know that sometimes it takes months. Sometimes it even takes year plus to land yeah. that really big client because it does take time to build trust. But, but today's social media culture is inundated with people who are trying to sell on the first, it's like, hi, I'm Blake. Hey, would you like to buy this from me? And it's like, what, I didn't, what's your company? Like, what do you do? Like, yeah, that's, that's kind of become the norm now. I mean, think about the LinkedIn DMs, think about, you know, I don't ever really get it on Facebook, but you know, people, people call themselves as being in a sales role, but they don't, they don't seem to understand sales. And I don't mean that cynically, but here's a great example. And you saw me post about this on LinkedIn. I had a woman who reached out and her title was director of sales. Uh-huh. And so you'd think this person probably knows a lot about sales. And she said, Hey Blake, so my company, my company's name is good advice. That, that's all uh-huh. it is. Just good advice. So she reaches out and says, Hey Blake, I'd love to talk about helping you and why my product would be the perfect fit for your business. Not good advice, your business, good gear hockey. <laughs> which you got one, you got one word, right? I don't know where the rest came from, but your business, good gear hockey. And of course there's a long paragraph. And then there's like, the, you know, Hey, the implied like, Hey, you know, is Tuesday better or when do you have time for a call or whatever? But I'm like, I'm reading this and I'm like, this person is a director of sales and clearly does not understand anything about sales because she's ignored the number one principle of sales, which is like, you know, exert like the smallest bit of effort in getting to know your prospective customer. But, but I, I'm not frustrated at that person, but I'm also not surprised. Mm-hmm. It feels like that is the norm in today's sales world. What's your take on it? Yeah, I think that, I mean, obviously like, you know, 20 seconds on your LinkedIn page, you'd know that's just completely off topic, you know, but they, I think I, I was, I was, it was, I was laughing as you were saying that I remembered an email I got probably a week and a half ago that was, I don't, I don't even know what the guy was selling, Blake. It was something like some, it was so complicated. It was some tech thing. And it was just so many different, like, you know, just like acronyms of things like, is your, you know, CYM and D, you know, just all these different things. And I, and I remember, and he just was at the end, like, I'm excited to talk. Let's talk Thursday at two or something like that. And I just was like, what are you even, I'm so confused, you know? And I get emails like this all the time. And I think, how does this person, how does this person even have success doing this? Because I would imagine that everyone who gets emails like that uh, don't really see it as helpful. You know, they don't, they don't, they're not feeling like special at all. One thing that, yeah, I I think first of all, people are not going to buy, or at least not going to have long-term success in sales. If people don't trust you, if they don't like you, you know, and if they don't, if they don't if the trust and the like, and see you as an authority, first of all, but also feel like that you understand them. 
I think those are all key things for any sale, sale to go well is you, you have to start by listening. There was a, um, it was, it was another an outside industry person that was at, I was talking to about sales and he was talking about, he, he was bringing on a potential client and he had a discovery meeting with them. And uh, this is somebody that I work with, you know, just for my own personal development, but he was talking about how he was, you know, bringing on somebody for, for his coaching and his stuff that he does. And he had a whole like two hour discovery call with this person. And he just got the person talking. Like the person was one of those talkers, right? And he just asked him a couple questions. The person just talked, asked him another question. And the whole conversation, he accidentally filled up the whole time with that person just talking. And at the end, he's like, well, I better set up another call so he can know, you know more about the services I offer. And at the end, the guy was just like, okay, so I want to work with you. Where's, can I do the contracting now and everything? And all the guy does talk. He hadn't learned really anything yeah. besides the base level stuff about this guy's company. And uh, I, I've seen that with my with advisors I work with. You know, there's, I've just simply been a listening ear. And I feel like that has been 90% of the legwork of them wanting to work with Advisors Excel. And Advisors Excel does help people. And there's a lot of features in everything they offer. But I think first and foremost, people feel more lonely now than ever. I would say, especially after the, you know, COVID-19 and everything, people feel so lonely. If you can be a legitimate listening ear and actually understand what it is that your potential client is dealing with, I think you'll beat 90% of your competition. So when I see those emails come in, I'm kind of like, eh, that's pretty good. I'm glad that most other people are trying to do sales this way. That makes my job easier. You know, all right. I have to do is just be a human being. <laughs> and I've done 90% of the work. I love that. Yeah. So. I put out an article that was like, I think it was called uh, here's a sales hack. Cause everyone's talking about sales hacks. Like what's the, what's the trick? What's the latest thing you can do? Sure. And I just said, try being human. Like just try, <laughs> try being a normal person. And I, man, I, your story is so funny to me because I, I was on a sales call uh, maybe two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. This guy was trying to sell me on something and it was about an hour long sales call. I, Dave, I think I maybe got four words in and he was, he was selling to me. And oh literally the entire time was talking about how awesome his product was, how great things were. And then finally he ended it with, you know, I think this would be really good for your business. And I thought to myself, I was like, what would you know about what's good for my business? Like, I haven't mm-hmm. talked about my business. You didn't ask me about my business. You don't yeah. know what goals I have or things that I'm working on because you didn't ask, right? And so it's almost like if people can flip the roles a little bit and exactly what you're saying, be that listening ear, but that that person who adds clarity and asks good questions. It, it, and I love what you said too. It's like, man, it's almost great these other people are doing it this way because you know it gives us that much more of a leg up, I guess. It does. So you can look at it like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, and also in our culture today, people don't trust salespeople. Right. I know I don't. If I got somebody knocking on my door selling whatever it is, I immediately think my, my guard goes up. You know, even though I'm in the sales profession, you know, if anyone approaches me and is wanting to, you know, sell something, I immediately am positioned to know in my head, you know? And so if you approach someone in there and they're, they're automatically having this negative bias, if you throw them, if you throw people off when you legitimately care, and this goes back to the very beginning, if you have something you legitimately think you can help them with, then the first thing you'll want to do is get to understand them better. You know, and so if you come at it and, and you're not just asking cheesy questions that are getting them to where they'll say the right thing so you can pitch, but you're asking, you're just really trying to understand what they, what, who they are and what they really want out of this part of their life, which is what they do nine to five or whatever it is that you're selling to, you know, if you really can understand your customer, um, your potential customer, I mean, 
that's, that's, I think, all it takes to be great in sales. Mm. Um, you know, and there's all the, you want to use the right words. You want to use the right positioning. You don't want to, you know, if, if an objection comes, you want to respond to it in the right way and all that stuff, yes. But if you really understand your potential client, if you, if you just, and you open up the conversation with them that way, you're going to, first of all, they're not going to see you as a salesperson. They're going to see you as like a consultant. Um, I had a great sales coach tell me this once, Blake. It was like, when you're, when you're in there with the person that you're wanting to convince to work with you, instead of being like the used car salesman, trying to show them all the great things about this car they want to buy, pretend that you're like a doctor. And they're sitting on the on the crunchy table, the crunchy paper on the table. You know, they're sitting there, and you're sitting in the in the in the chair next to them, and they're saying something like, you know, my shoulder is is really hurting. You know, don't be the doctor that says, okay, I'll get you some pain meds. Here you go, throw it at you. Be the doctor that says, you know, you'd, the doctor would say, well, what have you done with your shoulder recently? Maybe you've been playing softball or you, you know, did you fall down recently? Have you had any accidents? And you'd answer that question and say, have you, what's your diet been like? You know, they'll ask all kinds of questions. And then the doc, a good doctor will really know exactly what's wrong. And they might prescribe a certain type of physical therapy or something like that. And then that person's going to actually get better because of it. Mm -hmm. If you see, I think a good salesperson operates a lot like a very good doctor who really, you know, I, I remember one time I, I went to the doctor and I had, um, I forget what was going on. My foot was hurting. I went to the foot doctor. My, uh, I was running and my, uh, every time I finished running, I would like, I, I could barely walk after I ran. I was like, what is going on? So I went to the doctor and uh, I, I wanted him to just get me like insoles that would help my feet. And he just asked like a hundred questions and I was kind of annoyed. But at the end of the day, yeah, at the end of the day, I had, he found, I had this genetic disorder where I actually needed surgery on my foot. And, and now I'm in physical therapy to where I can keep running and I'll be able to run till I'm, you know, late in life because I actually, instead of just him giving me this quick fix, yeah. the guy took like the time to ask me all these questions. Um, and so that's what I would want from anyone selling me, me something. Mm -hmm. I'd want someone to actually know me. And I think everyone wants that. So. Well, and it's, it goes back to what you said earlier. I mean, if, if, if we're in the business of genuinely, we really believe in our product because of what it does for our customers, mm -hmm. then it's less about like reprogramming. What do I say and how do I say it? And it's more about, I'm, I'm going to do those things and have that patience because I really do want that permanent solution. You know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be just another product that someone buys and they buy eight more of me before they finally find the answer. Yeah. You know, I, I want to be the answer, but it has to take that time and energy, I think, to get there. Um, yeah. Dave, we are unfortunately out of time already. Uh, what can people do to, to, to learn more about you, to check in with you, to connect with you? What's the best way? Yeah, we can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd love that. Um, it's just Dave and then Legue, L-A-G-U-E. Um, and I'm at Advisors Excel. I'm sure you can find me on there. Um, yeah. And if you're curious about Advisors Excel, it's just advisorsexcel.com. So um, thanks for having me on, Blake. It's been really great. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. Well, uh, Dave, we appreciate it. Thanks for joining today. Yeah, man. Have a good one. Bye. For our listeners, hey, I will put the link to Dave's bio to his LinkedIn down in the episode description below. Uh, I'm also going to put a link to advisorsexcel.com down in the episode description below. Definitely check them out. I've actually mentioned them a couple of times in terms of businesses that do leadership and culture really well. Uh, so even if you aren't a financial advisor, it'd be great just to check out and learn more about that business. 
Hey, if you're a first-time listener to the podcast, what the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe button so you can keep getting good advice wherever you are. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. It really helps us to continue to bring good advice everywhere we want people to see us and hear, hear about us. Uh, other than that, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate you. Appreciate all of your support. Take care and have a great day.